Crafting a Revolution. I'm your co-host, Katie Thompson. Here we share interviews with female and non-binary makers of all kinds from all over the world. I'm also the creator of the Women of Woodworking Project, where we highlight the work and stories of women, trans, and non-binary makers in the field. Follow us on Instagram at Women of Woodworking. Today, our guest on Crafting a Revolution is abstract artist Jean Gray-Mose. Jean Grey is an accomplished contemporary artist with a tremendous story. I can't wait for you to get to know her and see some of her gorgeous work that just exudes freedom and expression. First, I'd like to make a huge shout out to the patrons on Patreon. Thank you to Lee at Lee Runyon, Annette at 513 Woodworks, Women of Woodworking, and Katie Thompson, yours truly, Kevin at Lefty's Woodshop, Christy at Twisted Vine, Jeremy at Jeremy Speck, Sammy at Go Samily, Rachel at Moody Makes, Bonnie at Tool Mom Bonnie and ToolMomStore.com, Laura at Oakley Soap Company, Brandy at Studio Ave, Lee at The Rainbow Carver, Ellen at Little Bear Furniture, and Ethan at Ethan Carter Designs. If you'd like to be a Patreon, hop on over there, contribute just a few bucks a month to help us keep this podcast going and sharing these important stories. All right, let's get to our interview with Jean Grey. Well, Jean Grey, thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. I, ooh, lots of stuff to talk about. I had to go ahead and hit record. So listeners, if you're tuning in and it sounds like you're jumping in on the middle of the conversation, I'm sorry, but you are. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah we, yeah, we started gabbing right away. <laughs> so please go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and your work. Well, my name is Jean Grey Mose. I'm an artist in North Carolina. I'm currently working um, on something. I've been trying to like coin the phrase, but I feel like they're not. I used to be a painter. They're more like objects now. But what I'm working on is wood uh, that's been painted and then transformed with the saw with the drilling, with um, sanding. And um, I'm creating this body of work called Woven Strangers that is based on a health experience I had almost three years ago. Um, and it's a way for me to kind of like capture that experience, work through that experience, and then see the experience and like all of its possibilities. And we can kind of talk more about that later, but um, I'm currently working on that. Uh, I'm an autoimmune or immunocompromised person. so. I, currently homeschooling uh, and also sort of walking the fine line of artist, artist, teacher, mother, psychiatrist, cafeteria lady, <laughs> all the things. Uh, and, uh, you know, every minute is precious. And I, uh, I'm just thrilled to be here with you, Katie. So that's just a, a quick one too on me. <laughs> oh, no. Yes. Uh, we have so much in common personally, but then also just professionally, a lot of our interests align. But it's funny because, you know, I was thinking before this, I was like, she's an artist, but, you know, how do I describe, you know, exactly what it is that, that she does? And, you know, sometimes I, I do like to stay away from labels so we don't, you know, 
put ourselves uh, into things so much, but I don't think that would be possible because your work just just exudes freedom and expression to me. So um, I would love to hear more about you know your story from the beginning. How did you start creating? Well, I would just have to say really quickly, I'm so excited that you get the idea of freedom from this pieces because that's anyway, it's crucial kind of to like where I'm coming from with that. Um, but when did I get started? Like from the beginning, beginning? <laughs> uh, that's a long story. Um, if you were to look at my website, I've quite literally been having artist shows since like 1996, you know, and like one, once a year since like 1996, at least. Uh, I've been... I've been a hard worker. I sort of like can't identify myself without including myself as a maker or an artist. So it's something that I've just always had to do. Uh, my mom jokes that like I came out of the belly like drawing. She said I would just like hole up in my room and um, come out three hours later and just like lay out <laughs> all the things I had made in my room. Uh, you know, I remember like making things and taking them the next day to school and friends being like, I want one of those and going home and making 10 more and then going the next day and selling them for like 25 cents. <laughs> so how can I say like there was a beginning? It's always just begun. It's just always been who I am um, and how I've chosen to articulate my voice. And um, yeah, so, you know, there's lots of like landmarks kind of along the way that have been really important to my journey, but I would say it's just been there from the beginning. Um, there was a year after college um, that I tried to like, I did AmeriCorps. I went to move to Washington State and did AmeriCorps for a year. And when I went there, no one knew me. And I decided I would introduce myself not as an artist and see like, what would happen? <laughs> like, will it come back and like, you know, attack me? Like, can I like extract myself from like being this artist person? Which sounds kind of odd, but um it just, I couldn't do it. It started just like, it just can't, it just continued to come out of me. And it was, it, I don't know, it was kind of an interesting experiment um, that I did. So, so yeah, that's just kind of who I am from, from day one. I love that. I, I have to say that resonates with me, you know, and it's just beautiful to see when that happens because, you know, some people are just, are just born that way. And I love the story of you trying to get away from, you know, being an artist, because you can't, it's just you. And I've, I've felt that personally in my own life, you know, that's been a journey as a writer, presenter, you know, I often feel like I talk about art and making more than I actually do sometimes. And well, I obviously do. But, um, you know, that's a, that's a balance, I think a lot of people struggle with is when do I call myself an artist? What makes me an artist? And, um, what you, what your story really you know brings to mind is like there 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 is no one description because everyone is in their own right just like your own story has been so beautifully and uniquely your own um but that creative energy you know that unique expression um it just always finds a way of of coming out and then before you know it other people are calling you an artist again before you can even identify with it um, and it just seems to, the energy just seems to follow you. So, um, well, you know, you are doing a lot of, you know, obviously abstract pieces, color. You utilize a lot of wood. I like to call you a woodworker. I know sometimes <laughs> people don't, you know, <laughs> we've had that discussion, but, um, you know, talk to me about your materials. Why did you gravitate to things like wood? And I believe 
um, use some found materials and thread and, and those techniques. Uh, would you care to elaborate on that more? Yes. So I referenced this experience, health experience I had. I had a double lung transplant in 2019. And so before that, I was disabled on oxygen. Um, my uh, pathways or uh, my phys physical abilities were very limited. Um, and so my art, like I stated before, had to come out of me. So I found myself doing like paper, you know, watercolors, something that I could just pull out of a drawer, easy access something where I could t continue to kind of work through. I've always found like object as vessel, like my art has always been had the ability to like carry big th things that are bigger than me. So like I'm still able to sort of like have my art therapy through my work and these watercolor pieces. Um, and then after surgery, obviously like my physicality changed a lot. Thank, thank it all the things. <laughs> Um, and I didn't see it coming. I didn't know what life on the other side was going to be. I didn't know I was going to have as much freedom as I, um, as I did. And so immediately it was like, these pieces are too fragile. I can't have this. Like it needs to be sturdy. It needs to have weight. It needs to like, you need to be able to pick it up, move it around, feel it. Like it needs to have all of these things. And like inherently wood, it has this warmth, it has, it's sturdy, it's got this weight to it. You know, there's so many things like inherent just to wood that I felt like I just, uh, just immediately leaned into, you know what I mean? To help like feel I was, I was sharing my story appropriately. Um, and so wood just seemed like the next best thing. Um, I love this. I love to stain it. I love the natural like grain of it. I love the, you know, I work with this like really light, um, maple plywood, which is light enough that it can, you can manipulate it. And like I said, you know, I've used thread with it to like sew together so it can hold itself and feel really sturdy, but also feel like fragile at the same time, which is like this blend of kind of how I feel in my body. Cause at any, I always joke that I feel like I'm driving around like a jalopy or something. Like it's like my engine light is always on. <laughs> Like there's always something going wrong, you know what I mean? And sometimes I choose to pay attention to it and sometimes I just, you know, ignore it. But I feel like these pieces and the way that they are sewn together and the way that they're balanced is like a perfect replication of like my daily life. You know, it's like walking this fine line of like motherhood and, you know, being a woman being a mother, being a wife, being a, you know, being an artist, being like my own person, like, so um, I was trying to think I could pull a piece out to show you, but they each hang from like a perfect fulcrum. Like there's one spot right exactly where it balances perfectly that I'll drill a hole and that's where it'll be suspended from, <clears throat> which is just to say like this, this fine line of balance that we're all walking. And I think those in the chronic illness community and disabled community know that line like all too well, how quickly it can just tip to like, a totally different side that you weren't ex expecting it to go. Um, and, but also like I chose these materials because they show that, they show that strength and they show like the tenacity of our body and uh, the tenacity of our spirit to be able to withstand like what we, what we withstand, you know? So I don't know. It, it kind of felt like a no brainer for me to like move in the direction. And it's funny you know, you were saying like some people have a hard time saying like they're an artist, you know, like I have a hard time saying I'm a woodworker because <laughs> I just feel like, um, sure, I like, you know, use a jigsaw and a scroll saw and a sander, but, you know, I'm not carving yet, 
per se. You know, I would like to, and I've mentioned this to you before, but like learn a few new materials and maybe start pushing, really pushing the material. I'm really learning uh, more about wood than I, than I know, and I'm excited, excited about that. So. That's really, <clears throat> excuse me, that's really wonderful. And like how you describe your work is exactly how I feel like I experience it. It's like all these pieces put together in this beautiful composition and it's all connected by you. And, you know, it's, it's just so lovely. And so thank you so much for sharing that with us. And I had no idea that, I mean, that was just a couple of years ago. I don't know why for some reason I thought that you were like a decade out or something, but that is... <laughs> Uh, you know, you, you, that's tre tremendous. And, um, to have that, you know, in 2019 and then for things in the world to change that way. And, uh, just for you to still be able to tap into this creative flow that, you know, obviously just exudes from you. Um, it's, you know, not to be tried, but it's incredibly inspiring. Um, I, you know, I know in the chronic illness and, and disability community, we, tend to try to, you know, be weary of that word. But I think, you know, just having experienced chronic illness and, you know, being bed bound and things like that myself um, could very much relate to, to just having to, having to draw, having to paint, having to do something, even if I couldn't lift my head that day, you know, I, I still had to, you know, do something on my phone. And um, so I, I definitely, you know, it, your story just resonates with me so personally, but then also, I think it's a great example of how we can really take advantage of hard situations and, you know, lean on ourselves to get ourselves through um, the amount of strength that you have. I, I can't even begin to comprehend and then to, to create such beautiful, stunning work out of that. Um, it's really just tremendous. Uh, <laughs> okay. um, <laughs> I accept all that at once, but thank you. <laughs> um, you know, and I, to see the amount of work that you're doing, um, I've followed you on Instagram for a little while now, and it seems like you're, you know, in exhibitions and shows and, and putting out really, you know, full bodies of work here um, very quickly, you know, and I, we all know that this type of thing doesn't, doesn't happen overnight, but I'm not really sure when you sleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I sleep because if I'm not sleeping, you know, there's real problems. <laughs> I don't know. I think that, uh, coupled with like, we've all had to learn so many new things about ourselves and about our schedules and about like who we are and so many bigger, 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 bigger things. Um, these past like few years, especially as like communities and people and I don't know, in, in some ways like the chronic illness community, like in your isolation, um, which I've experienced a lot of. And it's just, yeah, I have always been able to harness a lot of these things through my artwork and thank God I had that to lean on. Um, so like having my family in the same house with me every day for two years, you know, is really what it's been because, you know, just fearing for, you know, uh, I don't want to say too much, but, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of death associated with transplant and COVID. Um, so, you know, I've not come this far to be, <laughs> you know, to have so, it taken away from me. And I'm not going to go on and on about that, but having everyone in the same house has forced my hand to be like, this is my time. So with homeschool, you know, we do the morning and then Specifically, I'm like two to four every day is I'm in the studio. That's what it is. Like you guys are gonna have independent play. 
and then you're going to have, you know, an hour of video time or however it rolls out and I'm in there. And so I think that like the combination of like marking that time as mine and then also it being such a precise amount of time <laughs> that when I get in here, I make every minute of it work. And some days I'm just painting and I think I've also gotten really good at like doing one task. You know, some days I'm just sewing or, you know, if I'm sitting with the kids, you know, doing whatever, like if I'm at wherever we are, like doing one thing and it kind of filling that time. And this isn't it. Sure, it's work, but it's also meaningful work. Like it's not something I dread. Right. It's something I want to be doing. And so any moment I have free time, I'm doing it. <laughs> so I go to bed at normal hours. <laughs> you know, I do work on the weekends work. I, you know, enjoy creating on the weekends and uh, I think that's I think that's where those kind of moments come in is just like asking for what I need, which is time and space. Um, and then, you know, letting the kids know why that's important. I like modeling it for them. So. Absolutely. And your experience very much mirrors mine and my family, you know, um, you know, having a spinal cord injury, being prone to pneumonias and things like that. It's it's pretty terrifying and so same thing me and the kids have been home you know once my husband could go back to teaching you know at the woodworking school he did but other than that you know it's it's been us here and you know this year we're doing virtual school um but I'm learning a lot from you right now because I'm sitting here thinking you know I give myself from like nine to ten o'clock at night down in the studio and it's it, it's not enough, um, but you brought up just like a great point that I think a lot of people struggle with is just saying, hey, this is what I need. This is what I need to to do my work. This is what I need to feel whole. This is what I need to, you know, de-stress or reprogram or whatever it, you know, and just get something out. Um, and so I, I thank you, you know, for for sharing that because it's, it is so valid and it is so important. And um, that does give me a little bit of insight into, you know, how you're able to, to do this, but it's, it's just so impressive. It's because you're, you know, you are making the intention, you know, for yourself, for your work every day. Um, and it sounds like you're being pretty consistent about it. You know, um, it's not about being perfect, but, um, you know, being consistent and, and taking care of yourself, it really can take you a lot farther than, you know, oh, I'm just, you know, going to put this off or I'm going to do this when I'm tired. It, you know, it, it's just not the same. It's not the same. Hey, makers, today's episode is sponsored in part by toolmomstore.com. At toolmomstore.com, you can find any and all tool-based merchandise for all genders, all sizes. They've got mugs, they've got shirts all kinds of cool stuff. I have uh, one of the shirts myself that has the uh, hashtag woodworker on it. And I also have a couple of the mugs that define what and who is a tool chick. So super excited with the merchandise that I have. I know that you will be satisfied as well. Um, and also great discount for those of you who listen to the podcast at checkout if you enter the code maker mom you will get a 20 percent discount off any of the merchandise that you buy so that's just toolmomstore.com all right let's head back into the action so that's that's really uh, you know 
Um, and I know you are in North Carolina, I'm in South Carolina. So we're, we're pretty, you know, close regionally. And so to, to have a vibe of this area, you know, um, and not to get too far into the politics of it, but um, it can make it difficult. It can make things really challenging and um, it make, you know, especially anyone with, you know, a health condition or something like that right now. I mean, the world is just still a little extra scarier for, for us. So um, has there been any direct impact, you know, on your shows and exhibitions? Has it complicated like your delivery and installation process at all? Like how have you had to adapt to that? That's a really good question. Um, and I'm, I might spin it in a way that's unexpected because <laughs> it, it took me by surprise. Like last year I had 12 shows, you know, which was unheard of for me. That's the, probably the biggest year that's I've had. Wild. And um, I did it all during a time when I haven't really been leaving my house. You know what I mean? I think that like zoo, uh, there's so much conversation about in the chronic illness disabled community that there've been a lot of things that have made things accessible that people have been asking for forever. And all of a sudden, like we have it. And because of that, you know, I think that I've been able to make a lot happen. I don't know, like going to a mail, you know, going to the post office in the middle of days, pretty simple for us to do. You know, that's not much of a stretch. Zooming in for, um, you know, like artist talks is, has not been terribly hard. And then the rest of it, it, it just feels like everything has actually been more accessible than normally. I don't know if it's like, obviously the, the playing field has not been level, but I feel like people's response, ability to respond to me has gotten better. I don't know if people are just like more tuned in or I'm not really sure the answer to it, but um, I don't feel I don't feel like it's hindered me. Um, I feel like I feel like it's helped me, and maybe that's also partially, like you were saying, like I really set the intent, and I'd be remiss to say like I took this amazing course wearing all the hats with the artist mother um, group, starting in 2021, that just like I don't know blew me out of the water, like really helped me articulate what I was doing, why I was doing it, and what I was gonna do about it. <laughs> And like writing those things down with tangible sort of like targets, targeted goals or targeted action steps I was going to do just sounds so simple, but it really propelled me and I was really ready for it. Um, and I don't know if I'm entirely, I'm, I'm a little ADD too, so I might be flying off your question a little bit. Here, but yeah, great. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't, I haven't struggled. If anything, I feel like I have soared a little bit with like, with the way things have been. That's, that's wonderful. And, you know, reflecting on this for two years now, I'd have to say I'd had, you know, a very similar experience. Having had this project for a couple of years, I was always thinking, oh, it'd be great if I could do more videos or this, that. I feel like it really did open things up for, for especially folks that are, you know, we work from home, you know, kind of normally it was almost kind of like, we were ready and waiting and it was our time to shine. And it's been amazing to see, you know, in the chronic illness and disability community, um, but also this real urge behind, like now that we have this access, we don't want to let it go. Um, but I agree with you. I'm so excited that, you know, there are other organizations that are seeing, hey, like 
having a virtual component is mandatory for us from here on out, you know? There's so um, many things I feel like I got to see. Those incredible things. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I agree, you know, um, and even just the podcast, the projects, the, the monthly meetings, you know, uh, but our affinity group meeting at the Furniture Society, things like that, it's, it's, I would agree. I feel like I have really grown in sort as a result of this. Um, and I, you know, I don't know if that's a combination of, you know, being ready at the right time. Um, you know, we're very used to having to adapt to things kind of mm -hmm. on a last minute notice. So it's kind of like, okay, you know, I joked that at first it really didn't feel like much of my life had changed. Um, right. you know, the first lockdown, because I really, I, you know, <laughs> hadn't left a whole lot, you know? Um, but you know, at the same time, it's, it's shown like where there's a lot of opportunities for people to, to improve and to, to grow. And then also, um, shows that it, I, I agree with you. It's like, people are looking now. It was before it was kind of like, oh, you know, there's this virtual component, but there's still all this emphasis on in-person you know, shows or um, exhibitions or what have you. And now I feel like other barriers as far as finances, um, you know, things like shipping, that can be a real hindrance for, you know, a, a new emerging artist that is just trying to get their work out there. I mean, having to pay $200 just to get their piece to something could, could stop them from applying. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, little things like that, I really hope will help, uh, you know, allow a more diverse community to grow and, and more opportunities for folks that otherwise might not have participated or just being exposed to other makers um, that look like them or are interested in the same things that they are, have similar experiences, um, really being able to see and engage with that rep representation, um, I think really boosts people's confidence and um, makes them think, hey, I could do that too, you know? Mm -hmm. and. Um, it, there's something really special about it. And so I, I'm excited. And then also, again, very determined that we're going to keep this, <laughs> it's going to keep going. And yes, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, that's one thing I've been very um, insistent upon, you know, in planning meetings and things like that with my work is, and of course, just um, being disabled myself, I'm used to having to say, hey, you know, I need this, that, or we need to accommodate this or think about that. Um, uh, but again, like just thinking about where I was when I entered this field, let's say like, you know, 10 years ago versus now, um, it's a completely different landscape. And so very grateful for, I've got to check out this artist mother, um, is, is a podcast, is that the it's podcast? A podcast? It's so much more than a podcast. It's a podcast, it's a network you belong to, it's a whole thing, yeah. I'm not, look at me out here being a saleswoman, but yeah, it's amazing. It's just like, just an amazing collective of women that are supportive and, you know, in the same kind of boat and have a lot of the same challenges that, you know, as a mother, you know, that you have and, it's, you know, not to be exclusive or, you know, whatever, but there are certain challenges that, you know, come in with that, so. Absolutely. It's also been, again, back to how we have adapted and changed, you know, meeting a lot of newcomers that, you know, in 2020 lost their business, lost their job, were forced to transition and are making such great, you know, strides in their creative work, doing things they never thought they would be doing and 
really just, you know, getting it as far as being small business owners and um, seeing people engage on social media. It's, it's just, it's amazing. And it's, it's been very supportive. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm curious also, you know, we've spoken about um, being a mom, you know, having chronic illness and disability. Has there ever been an instance where you've really noticed, wow, okay, like, uh, I am separate to this or, you know, being, um, being a, a woman and say, you know, or even just not even identifying as a woodworker, you know, have there been any barriers in your own journey that you're like, hey, why is this here? You know, is this here because I am who I am? Or is this something that um, kind of everyone has experienced? I would love to, to hear if you've had any, um, what your viewpoint is on that. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if I have an answer to that. Any barriers I've come across? I had someone ask me this once when I was speaking at a university, asking like, what would you say to the, like women, you know, rising up and what advice would you give them? And I felt really stunted in that moment. I feel a little bit so now because I don't know. It's tough. I don't have any other perspective but my own. So like, I can just tell you what has worked for me. Um, and barriers, it's hard to say whether they're my own or they're, you know, what other people experience. I don't know. Um, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like I'm spinning your question a little bit, but I feel like like as a woman, I have a really important specific voice and story to share. Like, and I, and I want to share it and will share it. <laughs> and like, you know, and I'm going to assert myself in the spaces that where I want to share and I'm going to engage with the communities that I want to support. And I'm going, you know, I, um, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. We could talk a little bit more about this if you want to, but, um, or you could rephrase it. So I can maybe wrap my mind around kind of. No, I, 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 your answer is a, a valid answer. I think, you know, sometimes I even hesitate to ask the question because I, the same as like not being sure about a response is because we know how heavy that weight is. Yeah. So to try to put all, you know, all of your experiences into one box and then also, you know, in these other little compartments that, you know, you may share with other people, um, it's really hard to, to describe that and to also, you know, you want to do it justice. You want to, say, yes, this is, you know, an issue. I don't want this to continue. Um, but I, I agree, you know, how much of that is yours and how much is, uh, you know, other people's interpretation or their experience or their experience reflected back onto you. You know, that is definitely something that I, as a woman have, you know, it was part of the reason why I started the Women of Woodworking Project was perceptions that people uh, would have coming into uh, to shows or to our booth or whatever, and um, just saying, hey, you know, hey, I'm I'm gonna, it'll, you know, amplify these voices because I this is what I want to hear and what I want to talk about talk about. But also, you know, at that time, it really felt like there needed to be more of an outlet, especially in woodworking media in particular, mm-hmm. where women, minority experiences, underrepresented voices were being heard. Um, you know, especially in the LGBTQ plus community, um, as you know, 
things have changed in our political landscape, even drastically yes. in our country. Um, it's been felt even in the wood shops. It's been it's been felt in the artist studios, and so. I wanted, you know, this project, obviously, um, and thank you to Katie for allowing me this platform also to, to share, you know, crafting a revolution. I mean, that's kind of exactly what we're trying to, to do here is, is make a real change and make a new space. And it's, it's a big responsibility. So even, you know, asking and answering questions like that, please don't feel bad. And I hope you don't feel like I put you on the spot. No, it's just such a, it's such a big topic. Like we all know the percentage of women artists or, you know, a variety of artists that are not in museums, right? We all know that's, that's something. But what I also know is that you and I are on a wave of a river. <laughs> You know what I mean? And in my community, I don't see, you know, like when I was in grad school, you know, in painting, like I was in a program with women and, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm surrounded and see and celebrate, you know, people of color. I celebrate people like women and I see I see them rising up and I see that around me. And so I, I don't want to take away like I know that there's work to be done, but I also see like the work that is happening. So like it's a hard thing to to discuss, right? And I had mentioned to you before, you know, like this May, there's this initiative to like take up space. Like if you are a woman, if you're female identifying, you know, to take up space in the month of May, wherever you can do it. So, I mean, I, I feel like I, I want, I see the initiatives and choose to like see, see the positives, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. and, and again, like assert myself into those spaces. Uh, and make sure that my voice is being heard so absolutely no i i would agree with you i think that we've transitioned to again like a really special time that we can start to see the impacts of some of the work that's been done you know seeing you know in the woodworking community women taking on very prominent editorial roles that you know woodworking magazines and you know take you know leading programs in schools and and things like that, you know, it, it, we know that, you know, women have been woodworking, making, what have you forever. Um, it's finally now, I think enough of us, again, have made the intention to open doors and leave them open for other people. And now we're just getting into that, to that special time where, hey, like, we're really getting to see the impacts of this and what it can do. Um, and again, it just emphasizes like, how you said, you know, reflecting on the positive. I do, you know, I think that's the way to go. You know, like, yes, there are always things that are gonna be wrong and always be things to improve upon, um, but trying to remain optimistic and, you know, moving forward with that type of mindset. It's just been really beautiful what's been created out of that, you know, just having that energy around, um, it's, it's just, created more and more um so even just you know like finding you randomly on instagram it's it's just you know the universe tends to help you you know you, you called it a river that's a perfect perfect um metaphor for this so um well wonderful well um jean greg i i would love to hear do you i think mentioned you mentioned uh taking up space women taking up space in may um, but what do you have uh, planned ahead for 2022 as far as shows and exhibitions? I mean, you did 12 last year. I can't, 12, 12 shows last year. I can't, I can't even say it. 
that's so much work. I can't comprehend it. I know. It's so fun. Like I saw a lot of people saying, you know, like year in reviews. I should have done that. Like, you know, new new clients you get, new shows you like all of it, just to celebrate, celebrate what you've accomplished. But uh things I'm excited about this year. Um I was a part am a part of a group, Still My Roots group, that 20 years ago we had our first show out in a managed pine forest and it was like the beginning of me really experimenting with a lot of materials like my first show I made work, work out of moss and leaves and grass and anyway um, it was an incredible experience but we're having our 20 year show in March. Um, also this taking up space I'm really excited with uh, about that Artist Mother podcast and Thrive Network I think in um, Canada, based in Canada is doing. Um, I'm excited to see like where that will lead. They also have some other really exciting initiatives happening um, that you know people can look into if they want. Um, and then another really incredible thing uh, for me is uh, one of the tenets kind of of my practice is being sort of sharing my story because I felt like pre-surgery, I didn't see someone that was like me that could be this successful afterwards. <laughs> and I'm not talking about, I'm talking about health. Um, and so like a big proponent for me is articulating and, and showing su success. That's the wrong word. Just, uh, showing like a, like a hope that I was looking for. Um, if there's anyone out there that needs that. So I speak to pre-transplant patients, like every three months, um, in my local hospital, I won't, I guess, name it. Uh, and then I have, a couple exhibitions coming up at a couple hospitals and then four years down the road, I'm working with this consulting company right now that I might be like second floor of this new building that's opening this new hospital. Um, and yeah, I just, I've got some things in the community, some new critique groups going um, that are outside and in person, which have been really lovely. So those are all things I'm excited about. Uh, this new body of work with strangers, like, I'm so excited about the material and I don't know. I just want to throw myself into it. Like I'm really, I can't wait to see where it's going to grow and where, how it's going to change. And I don't know. I'm really uh, thrilled to be in contact with you and all of it. So yeah, it's going to be a great year. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I just, I'm, I'm blown away and, um, again like the work that you're doing and just having gone through medical trauma myself like it takes so much work to get to a place where you can do the work that you're doing and I just really commend you on that and um I I'm really bad with puns and you talked about you know success after being sick I'm like success I like that you know but it's but. so true and it's so important. And um, we both understand how important that hope is. And it's just really beautiful that you've dedicated yourself truly in everything you do, whether it's the work you're creating or the work you're doing for others or even for your own children. Um, wow, this has been a real joy to, to speak with you. And I'm so excited that we've connected. Um, and wish you all of this success. <laughs> well, thank you. Honestly, what really kind words to say. And it's been just a delay. Thank you so much for talking with me today. All right. Thank you so much. And um, I'll be sure to link Jean Gray's Instagram and website and all the additional information in the podcast or video description on YouTube. Jean Gray, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. <laughs>
Thank you so much for tuning into our interview with Jean Gray Mose. I will be sure to include the links on where to follow her in the show notes for today's episode. If you don't know where to find the show notes, check out the podcast app you're listening on. And in the podcast description, there should be links there, or you can find it in the description box down below on YouTube, or you can head to freemanfurnishings.com backslash podcast and find this week's episode and past episodes and links there too. Be sure to follow along on Instagram at Crafting a Revolution. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to subscribe and follow. Head over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. We sincerely appreciate the support. Thank you again for the continued love and support of the podcast, as well as the Women of Woodworking Project. Let's go craft a revolution. She, her, fan, they got something they want to say. Solution for the toxic masculine.